If you're going to fail, fail fast and move on. Don't try to hold on to things and try to make stuff work. It's like squeezing a 10 pound, 10 pounds of flour into a five pound bag. If you know it's not going to work, don't do it. Welcome to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast, where IT and digital leaders from around the world talk about their careers, their inspiration, and their vision for the future of digital business. I'm your host, David Wright. The world of digital business is evolving faster than ever, and I want this to be a place where digital business champions create a village to band together and help each other navigate the ever-changing terrain. Disruptive Innovators features conversations with CIOs and digital leaders from around the world, diving into their personal backstory, career, their current role, trends they've been seeing, and their vision for the future, personally, professionally, and otherwise. This podcast is made for people who are seeing how quickly the digital business landscape is evolving. Those who recognize that it takes a village of trusted advisors to navigate this ever-changing terrain. People who enjoy listening to high-level discussions surrounding what it means to be a leader, real-world examples of challenges faced, and industry-specific strategies leveraged to create exceptional business outcomes. This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net. Good morning, friends. David Wright here. I'm your host of Disruptive Innovators, Champions of Digital Business podcast. This morning, I am joined by my dear friend, Lawrence Larry Bilker, CIO of Pyramid Healthcare. How's it going this morning, Larry? Morning, David. Going well. Thanks for having me here. My pleasure. You're great people, so we're, we're happy to have you on. To start out, you know, we like to start the episode by just uh, learning a little bit about you, your current role, where you are now in 60 seconds. Sure. Thanks, David. So I'm the Chief Information Officer for Pyramid Healthcare. Pyramid Healthcare is a behavioral health firm that focuses on mental health and substance abuse or use treatments. And we do that across uh, 106 facilities, treat about between 10 and 12,000 patients a day, roughly. And we do that on a 24 by 7 basis for uh, our inpatient facilities. I know you guys help a lot of people and it's, it's a really wonderful mission. So kudos. What's one piece of actionable advice you'll look to give our listeners today? So one of the things that I always think about, and I tell this to our teams and our, our, all of our people, whether, whether they be in IT or not, for that matter, how it doesn't matter if it's healthcare or some other business, learn what the business does, learn how the business does what it does. And by doing so, you always be looking for things of where you can help. If you see something that doesn't, doesn't quite look right, or even doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. This takes some time and some learning. However, the biggest thing in the world is to trust your gut. Most people's common sense prevails. And it's something that you can learn and grow and develop over time. But frankly, if it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work and something's not working well, speak up about it because you can make change happen. And it's just a, a really good overall piece of advice. No, I appreciate that. I also appreciate that at pretty much every time I speak to you, Larry, I, I come away from the conversation with an insight that I, I didn't have prior. 
And that's pretty remarkable. I don't even know if I, there's any other people that I have that have had that experience. Let's talk a little bit about where you started out and how you got here. So what, what's your career looked like over the last you know, X number of years? So I started out as a, uh, my undergraduate degree is in engineering, optical engineering. And I came out of undergraduate school working for General Electric. That was my first uh, real job. I had ultimate other jobs throughout college and even prior to college. That was my first real job. I worked for a, uh, a division of General Electric called GE Astrospace. I was a, the equivalent of what people would call like a rocket engineer, but I wasn't really a rocket engineer, but that was me. I also, I worked at GE's research center in Schenectady, New York, was on to one of GE's management training programs very early on in my life, my, my career, and then went to GE Capital for seven years, got onto a, an, an experienced or executive information management training program, and then uh, became a, a CTO of one of the businesses and a, later on a CIO of one of their businesses. That, that took me throughout my 15 years of GE. That was a very quick summary, but of roles of increasing responsibility, starting out as a manager of a help desk and then proceeding all the way through those roles up to and including the CTO and CIO roles. I went from there into a couple of pharma companies, into a couple of consulting opportunities from there, a manufacturing company for three years, did a little bit more consulting, and then into my uh, most recent role as the uh, CIO for Pyramid Healthcare. Many roles, different industries, different times, and uh, a lot of different varied experiences. And that's what I tell anybody to take away from that. Try and get as much experience as you can, and in as many, if it's in technology, work in as many disciplines within IT and businesses that utilize IT as much as you can. It's really important to have that kind of breadth and depth to give people the most broad experience and be able to solve complex business problems. With that experience comes the ability to solve those types of problems. No, that's great advice. In addition to that, are there any other really important things that you learned along the way or something you wish you had known before you began that, that journey? Like we mentioned a little bit earlier is, is try to make sure you understand the way a business operates. Understand where, where maybe even some pain points are and what things you can do about it and contribute. Even if it's a far-fetched idea, sometimes far-fetched ideas become reality. And sometimes it's the small, the little things that affect things in a very large way. Just pay attention. Pay attention. It's true. Really, it's starting with the, the challenges a business is facing and going into the, the impact that they're having before you're even looking at how technology can impact all of that. I think that's great advice. Not every solution, David, is a, um, is a technology solution. Sometimes it's changing a process. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's applying more people. Sometimes it's applying less people. One of the other roles that I had within GE was I worked in Six Sigma Quality for nearly two years. And one of the things that Six Sigma ultimately teaches you is that it's very important to make a process work as best as humanly possible before you automate it. Emphasis on the before you automate it. Because then if you automate a bad process, what happens? Well, you just get a bad result faster. But if you automate a good process, you get better results much faster, which is a good idea. Anyway, thanks. No, 100%. And I mean, even with our consulting modules, we always start with people, process, methodology, 
prior to understanding how technology can facilitate that business vision. So let's talk a little bit about your vision now. So you're at Pyramid Healthcare in the CIO role. What's your vision for the organization? So when I came into the role uh, four years ago now is to transform the way the company operates from some simple things. Starting way back then was consolidating electronic medical record systems together, even putting in a consolidated email system because we had multiple then. And then moving into things like getting a new financial system in place, getting payables, getting a new HR system in place, and looking at ways we can automate things with our our front door. And that includes things just just consistent consolidation or simplification. And all through the while, try to make it as simple as possible for the users. The customer experience prevails. Most people just talk about that. But it's really, really important to make things as simple as possible. And make sure you're built on a strong infrastructure. We just finished a massive project transforming the infrastructure over to brand new circuits, brand new hardware, brand new firewalls. It's it's been um, quite the transformation, this digital transformation over the past couple of years. Yeah, having that basis, people don't realize, but it's a necessity for any form of digital transformation. I mean, you need that, that infrastructure. So that's great that you guys have that. So, and that being the case, now that that's in place, what are some of the key initiatives you're focused on now for the future? The automation of that front door, trying to consolidate and simplify how we get uh, patients in the front door, so to speak. It's a virtual front door, but it's a front door nonetheless, getting them onto a schedule so they can get treatment and just system consolidation, simplifying processes and making the customer experience better. Uh, that's for the end, the outside customer. From an inside perspective, is we're redoing our customer service and support processes, transforming what used to be called the help desk into a service desk, and we'll be consolidating over the course of the foreseeable future multiple other service desks within the company to a single platform. And ultimately, we'll be a single service desk. That'll just help simplify the whole customer experience. That's very cool. So it sounds like you have some some really amazing initiatives in the works. What are some of the biggest challenges you're running into, either internally within your organization or at a more macro level? And take that question wherever you'd like. (laughs) there's There's a few major challenges that we're trying to overcome right now. The biggest one that I find right now is, there's another large one also, but the biggest one I find is supply chain. And what I mean by supply chain is just physically getting the equipment and the standards, the standard equipment that we have specified and developed over the years. We're just having a hard time getting physical equipment to where we need it. And some of the lead times are four to six months from the time of order. So you almost have to be a little psychic and know what you're going to need in the future before you need it. So you have to anticipate need, which is always a challenge because it's a matter of You don't want to buy too much because there's this thing called cash and cash outlay and revenue, little things like that. So we have to balance our spending with the timing for the need. But we also were were hit with this major complication called supply chain that even if you place an order right now and it's March, it won't show up until October, September, October. That's bad. Agreed. And I mean, that's it's affecting... So many aspects of so many different businesses. The other one, I said there was another one, is around people and availability of people and resources. 
the technology market is so hot right now. Unemployment's, I think, at 3.9%, one of the lowest it's been in a long, long, long time. It's even much lower in technology. So finding people and attracting people is becoming a real challenge. I think that's the next major supply chain issue to hit us. If there's some magic way around this, I'm all for it. But we certainly haven't seen uh, the ability to overcome that just yet. And we're expanding. We're growing as a company. So we need more people to provide those services and support and help us improve our customer experience. But it's becoming hard to find people. No, it's brutal. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the best practices you and your team follow. So are there a few best practices that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, well, some are like we talked about before about using common sense quite a bit. Uh, That's usually a good idea, no matter what we do. And one of the things that I find that uh, we can always do is just think about who the customer is. Think about what you would do if you were in their shoes. Some people call it the with them or what's in it for me. Just really, it means about thinking about what the customer's expectation is how you would feel as if you were in their shoes and trying to do whatever you can to meet that need. Some people call that meeting people where they are. Some, there's a lot of different phrases that all mean the same thing, but it's really about providing someone the best customer experience possible. Agreed. So now let's zoom out a little bit. In regard to the, the healthcare industry in general, what do you think are going to be some of the biggest changes as time passes or Where do you see the industry going in in the future? That's a complex and perplexing question. Uh, Again, trying to predict the future. But uh, where I see things going is is more integration, more capabilities and transferring of information and sharing of information amongst different health systems. So that when you go from one doctor to the next, to the next, to the next, or if you're going to a specialist or something, you don't have to start all over filling in like three different pages worth of forms when you walk in the office. Maybe you just have a QR code that goes and transfers data from one place to another or something to that effect that permits that access. I view that as being the next big frontier is about integration. Yeah, I love that. And then the the possibilities of what you can do with that data in regard to predicting illness. And I mean, the effect you can have on population health would be remarkable. Yeah, I mean, if you if you use um, you'll use the analogy of the iPhone has this app on it called Apple Health, and granted, there are potentially you know you got to be careful about security and privacy and um, protected health information, but the concept of being able to anonymize the data that comes from there and gather it together to your point could help us really solve some very significant health-related problems across the globe. And, I think it would be a wonderful thing if we were able to utilize that in the future. Again, that comes from integration. I actually just a few months back, I met with a a new vendor partner of ours called Triple Blind, and it allows for anonymous data sharing between a provider and a different entity without a BAA. You know, it's I won't even do it justice speaking about it right now, but really slick, really slick technology, Larry. So what's one of your favorite books of of all time and why? One of my favorite books is the Good to Great book. Not that recent, but it has some really great points about creating a a shared vision, how you communicate that, how you get people understanding. And this this concept of 
concept of having everybody on a bus and traveling in the same direction. And then you go a little bit deeper and you get everybody into the right seats on that bus, aka their roles, responsibilities, and how they interact or work within teams and really, really creating high performing teams. That's really quite an insightful book. That said, any other leadership advice you would give to young CIOs who are just starting out or directors that are looking to step into that role? I would say to try to, again, it's the about making sure you understand the way the business works as much as you can and look for ways that you can help utilize technology to enable the business and or business processes to work better and more efficiently and having really strong people, people that can work together, make sure that they fit well together. And if they don't, take some action. Don't wait. Don't belabor. Don't be uh, shy about it. Make the right moves. Use your gut and try not to be fearful. That is good advice. Or for me, if I am fearful, feel that fear, but then have the courage to step through it. Use it. Exactly. If you could go back in time, five, 10 years, what advice would you give your, your younger self? Take risks, calculated risks. There's a concept of if you're going to take those risks, fail. If you're going to fail, fail fast and move on. Don't try to hold on to things and try to make stuff work. It's like squeezing a 10, pound, 10 pounds of flour into a five pound bag. If you know it's not going to work, don't do it. Or if you need to try it, try it quickly and then do that fail fast. And that, I mean, that is at the root of all disruptive innovation. And it's funny that that advice is a, a piece of advice that we've gotten from other CIOs who have been on the show. So that is a good piece of advice for sure. Is there any other things you want to uh, leave our guests with before we, we end for today? I think we've said multiple points today is make sure you focus on the customer. Make using technology as simple as possible. Sometimes technology can be really, really complicated behind the scenes, but make it simple. If you keep it simple, people use it. If you make it too complicated, they tend to not use it. So just remember the customer experience, keep processes simple, keep the technology simple, and make sure you have the best people around you to help fill in all those things that you don't have. That's a great way to round it out, Larry. Thank you so much for, for being on the show this morning. I, I truly appreciate it. And thank you all for, for tuning in to Disruptive Innovators. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net.